0: The Carolina Panthers might be down their top two receivers on Sunday at Atlanta. And if they are, what is the path to victory? I'll give you the three keys I have to victory on Sunday in Atlanta. One of them, our good friends over at the Brewster 4001 Yancey here in Charlotte tell us, is keep pounding beers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome into to another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council. Why? Because on Wednesdays, throughout the rest of the regular season, and fingers crossed playoffs, I'll be answering your weekly Friday or, wow, weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here on the Locked On Panthers podcast, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me for next Wednesday's edition of the Weekly Wednesday Got it right that time. Mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash Locked on NFL and use code all lowercase Locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Sunday, 1 p.m. down in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Carolina Panthers will face off against the division rival, the hated Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons at long last. We've been waiting a long time for this. and I'm excited for week one, the debut of Bryce Young under center, the debut of Frank Reich and his coaching staff. The Panthers head into this year after overachieving in those final 12 games of Steve Wilkes with a chance to contend for the NFC South and potentially for an NFC wild card. And we'll get to that throughout the season here on today's show. So am changing things up this year, as y'all know. On Wednesdays, to in the mailbag, which means on Fridays, I'm going to give you my three keys to victory each and every single week and give you some final thoughts heading to the Panthers game on Sunday afternoon. So let's go ahead and get into it, the three keys to victory for the Carolina Panthers. Went over a couple of these on the crossover yesterday with Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons. Number one, you got to protect Bryce Young. Bryce's first start. The light's going to be a little bit brighter. The funny thing is, this say the first time he's played in this building. He's played in the SEC Championship before. He's been in there multiple times, and he will not be hmm, unaccustomed to the locker room that they'll have down there in Atlanta, but you got to give the guy a chance. And Bryce has been the least of my concerns with this offense coming out out of training camp and the preseason, he has looked game. He has looked like everything you would have wanted out of the rookie quarterback that you took number one overall. And uh, Thomas Brown, the coordinator here in Carolina, was asked about hey, when did you know about Bryce Young being the starting quarterback? You got like, what have you seen from him? He's like, I mean, basically everything I see from him every day lets me know that Bryce Young is ready to go on Sunday. And I am not concerned about Bryce. What I am concerned about in a way are the people up front. Protecting Bryce Young based off of what they did in the preseason. Now, this is a stat I saw put out there by Edward of ESPN saying the teams with both a rookie quarterback and rookie head coach in season openers are 5-13-1 since the 1970 merger. Here's the thing. Frank Reich's not, not a rookie head coach. He might be a rookie head coach at Carolina, but he ain't a rookie head coach in the NFL, having coached the last five seasons in Indianapolis. So I'm not sure where that stat applies, but if it does... One of the reasons the Panthers will lose is because their rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, is not protected on Sunday. Let's just be honest. Let's be straight shooters here. Iki Aquino had an awful preseason. Awful. Multiple quarterback hits, multiple sacks that he gave up. He has to be better on Sunday. Like, it is unacceptable for that to be the level of performance that he's going to play with this season. After the Panthers, I get it, new coaching, different coaching staff, but still. Sixth overall, first offensive player taken that draft. What he did this preseason, unacceptable. He's got to be better. And my hope is, the last time we saw him, that he is going to be a much better player once the lights are fully on and the regular season begins on Sunday afternoon. So Iki Ikwano has to be better. I am watching to see how Chandler Zavala plays. Yeah, he looked like he was fine against the Giants, held his own against the Lions, backups, mind you, and that's a positive. But this is going to be different. The Panthers are going to play between 60, 65 snaps on Sunday. He played about 26, so about about a half a game split up across two games. He played four series with the ones in the preseason. Two of those series against the Giants ones, the other two against the Detroit Lions twos. So he has not played a full game, as we know, in the NFL with the lights on and having to go up against dudes like David Onyemata, Grady Jarrett, Clayus Campbell. He hasn't seen Those type of animals, those prime veterans like he's going to have to see on Sunday afternoon. So I'm very curious to see how he holds up in the interior. And I'm also looking at Bradley Bozeman, at Brady Christensen. That interior of the offensive line has had its, its moments so far in the preseason. Even going to that joint practice with the Jets where Quinn and Williams said he had 10 sacks. And then Aaron Rodgers counted 11 sacks. They can't get dominated in the interior by these guys and have pressure up the middle and up in Bryce Young's face and having to evade the pocket where he can create, but that's not what you want on Sunday afternoon. They must protect Bryce Young. It all starts up front in an offensive line unit that was really good last year, at least from what we had seen in the past, was markedly improved. And I've already come out and said, because they're starting a rookie at right guard, they're not going to be as good as they were last year. It's just hard to see that, even when Corbett comes back with that knee injury I don't know what level he's going to be playing at, but I cannot see him playing at the level that he played at a year ago. So if you have a rookie playing at right guard and your second highest rated offensive lineman, according to Pro Football Focus, coming back from a knee injury, I don't see them being as good as they were last year. But that does not mean this unit should be awful. That day should be a lot worse. They could take a little small step back, but that's all this should take. And they must play better on Sunday and protect Bryce Young. Number two, the Panthers got to make Desmond Ritter beat them, man. He played in 17 snap, played 17 snaps during the preseason. Yeah, they had two joint practices with the Miami Dolphins. We've been over this. How the teams believe they get more work out of that, but 17 snaps. That's all he played in the preseason. He played in four games last year as a starter. They went two and two in those games. But Atlanta's a team that runs wants to run the football. They ranked third in the NFL in rushing yards last year, fourth in yards per attempt. Their passing game was atrocious. They were 31st in the league in passing. The Carolina Panthers were 15th in rushing yards allowed, 19th in rushing yards allowed per attempt. They were 10th in passing yards allowed, so a top 10 passing defense. And adding in Von Bell, I only think that's going to get better especially if JC and Dante stay healthy and the Panthers were 16th in yards per play allowed at 5.4. So a solid defense a year ago that I think is only going to become a better top 10 type of defense by the second half of this season, but they got to be better against the run. We saw that first game in Atlanta last year, could not stop the run. They understood, hey, we're a more physical team than this. We're better than that. The Panthers stopped to run on that Thursday night game. And what happened? Marcus Mariota couldn't beat them. I do think Red, Red, Desmond Ritter has something in there. I think he can be a solid starting quarterback, but it does not need to happen on Sunday in his fifth career start. Don't let it start today. Don't be the team that allows him to get confidence. Find a way to stop the run. Stop Bijan. Stop Tyler Allgaier. And make Desmond Ritter beat you. And if he does... Tip your cap, say, all right, maybe you've made some improvements. Maybe you are ready for this. But the Carolina Panthers cannot allow the Atlanta Falcons to dominate them on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Can't allow pressure in Bryce's face, and it cannot allow them to dominate the time of possession and the tempo of the game by being able to run it. Got to stop the run, make Desmond Ritter beat you. Third thing, wide receivers got to step up. The Carolina Panthers are banged up in the wide receiver core, a wide receiver core that I've talked about as one that is largely underwhelming when you look at the rest of the NFL. But I've also come out and said it's not like there was a great market anyway for the Carolina Panthers and considering what they had to start off free agency and what they have now. I think it's as good of a job as anyone could have reasonably expected from them. But it's not a particularly it's not a particularly group, a deep unit. God, I can't talk. It's not a particularly deep unit. So the Carolina Panthers could ill afford any sort of injuries. They've already had him. Demir Bird went on IR. Injury settlement not in the NFL right now as he tries to recover from that hamstring. Maybe he comes back some point this season with Carolina. We will see. But DJ Chark, Adam Thielen... Wednesday and Thursday both showed up on the injury report. Matter of fact, on Wednesday, four of the six rostered wide receivers were on their injury report. DJ Chark did not practice with a hamstring. Adam Thielen was limited with an ankle. Terrace Marshall, surprise, surprise, limited with a back. And then Amir Smith-Marset was a full participant with an ankle. Fast forward to Thursday, yesterday, DJ Chark also did not practice. And now it's still a hamstring. Wide receiver Adam Thielen. Ankle was limited on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. Terrace Marshall still limited with the back. Amir Smith-Marset, full participant with the ankle. So right now when you look at it, three of the six rostered wide receivers on the active 53 are healthy. Amir Smith-Marset, who you traded for on the day of cutdowns. Jonathan Mingo, the second-round rookie out of Ole Miss. And then LaVisca Chenault, who's coming off the concussion protocol. They are the three healthy wide receivers. If those are the three wide receivers for Bryce Young, the three starting ones, the Panthers are in a world of trouble on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be hand the ball off. It's going to be relying on Hayden Hurst and those tight ends as well. But that's not what you want, man. To start off the season, to have your top two wide receivers out and to ask for a rookie, a special teamer, And then Chenault to go out there for you. And the Panthers, they only have two wide receivers even on the practice squad. Desmond Patman and Derek Wright, who made initial 53 but then was cut. He signed to the practice squad. You would think at least Wright will be called up. And probably both of them will have to be elevated to the active roster if Chark, Thielen, and Marshall are unable to go for the Panthers on Sunday. That is a situation that is not ideal for Bryce Young in his first career start for the Panthers offense that we have not seen full so far. And I'm starting to wonder, are we ever going to get to see them full? Just looking at Corbin on pup, the injuries that are starting off the season with the two guys that you signed in free agency to be your top two receivers. Bad, bad, bad stuff there for the Carolina Panthers heading into Sunday. So they got to protect Bryce. They got to stop the run and force Desmond Ritter to beat them. And they need somebody. Anybody at wide receiver and even at tight end to step up if they're going to be missing DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, and potentially Terrace Marshall on Sunday. Now, we'll find out more on Friday. You're going to be listening to this on Friday. I'm recording this right before 5 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. So, Frank Reich does not speak to the media again until sometime on Friday. That's where we'll get more of an update on what's going on with Adam Thielen and his ankle. DJ Chark, the hamstring, it's something that we've known since the final week of the preseason. This with Thielen, though... This is new, and it is concerning. Maybe it's just precautionary to go from limited to not practicing, but I don't know, man. Week one of game week, that is definitely not ideal for the Carolina Panthers. I'm not saying it's time to panic, but again, as I told you at the top of the show, 4001 Brewers Yancey, they always have these T-shirts every year. They say, keep pounding beers. Might be time to get started on that ahead of Sunday as the Panthers face off against the Falcons down in Atlanta. Will Brian Burns be there? Not quite sure about these other guys. I feel like Burns will be there. I'd be shocked if he isn't. We still should ask. Nick Bose has his contract. Will Brian Burns have his contract? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrifol. Nutrafol is a number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. They're drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's Nutrafol.com men, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. The Carolina Panthers top two receivers statuses are in doubt heading into the season opener down in Atlanta against the Falcons. Will that also be the case for Brian Burns, their top edge rusher here in Carolina, who has been staging a hold in over the last week as he awaits a new deal here in Carolina. He was a participant on Wednesday and Thursday at practice with the caveat that he was only out there for individual drills and not taking part in team drills, but still out there in team meetings. And... As Frank Reich said, not a distraction in hoping to get a deal done before Sunday at 1 p.m. against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, good news to come out on Wednesday as Nick Bosa, the 49ers' star pass rusher, signed a five-year $170 million extension with the 49ers, including $122.5 million guaranteed. Folks, do your math. $170 divided by five is what? $34 million average annual value for Nick Bosa, making him the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the NFL and the highest-paid defensive player at that edge rusher spot 34 million average annual value just an insane amount of money Nick Bosa is getting out there in San Francisco. As I said since the beginning of these conversations dating back to either the May or June for Brian Burns wait for Nick Bosa. Wait to see Nick Bosa reset the market and then have discussions that really at least not even have discussions then come to terms with the Carolina Panthers. Now at no point have I ever thought that Brian Burns should be asking for $34, $35 million average annual value. I've never even felt like you should be asking for thirty. million. And when I broke it down to to you the other day, comparing him to similar players like a Bradley Chubb, like a Max Crosby, and like a TJ Watt, it would make more sense for Burns to get somewhere between $25, $27, $28 million. And now according to David Newton of ESPN.com, who reported on Wednesday that Burns is looking... $4, $27, $28 For $27, 28000000 million. That would be a fair price. But wait, because the Panthers, by all accounts, according to Joe Person of the Athletic, we're interested in giving him something close to what Max Crosby got. 23 and a half, about $24 million, maybe even twenty-five. But now that the market is being reset, Burns is like, hey man, they just reset the market. You guys need to get your number up a little bit higher and closer to what I want. And the Panthers, as I've talked about multiple times this week, have no leverage. They had a chance to trade him for two firsts and a third uh, to the Rams back in October. Didn't do it. They had March when they traded up for number one to get Bryce Young with the Bears. They could have done it then. They didn't do it. They said that Burns is going to be here verbatim. And they have allowed this to drag on this far. Now, it's not the first time that we've seen this happen. We just saw on Wednesday Nick Bosa get his deal. A couple years ago, it was T.J. Watt who signed his deal on the Thursday of week one, it has happened in the past and it might happen after this recording. I mean, I'm recording this on Thursday, September 7th, right at five Oh one. And it's not going to get to you guys until Friday afternoon or Friday morning. So it may have already happened. So you can skip ahead if it already has, but if it hasn't happened, it can still happen today. It could happen on Saturday. You would think that this is something the Panthers want to get done and will get done before 1 PM on Sunday. And I still don't think that Burns will sit out on Sunday He's at least been on the practice field. He's not going to risk his body at practice as far as potentially getting injured. Will he do it on Sunday? And I guess there's a pretty good argument to be made. If he won't do it at practice, why would he do it in the game where it's going to be far more physical and the risk of getting injured is heightened compared to practice on Wednesday and Thursday than a walkthrough on Friday? Why would he do it? That's a great question. And again, doing this before Friday, will he take part in the walkthrough on Friday? here in Carolina before they fly out to Atlanta. I don't know. He wasn't out there on Monday. I think he'll probably be out there because he doesn't want to get fined. We will see. But the Panthers, you're on the clock, man. I put this out on Twitter as soon as I saw the Bosa deal come down. Carolina Panthers are now on the clock. They're on the the clock on March 10th ahead of the draft. They were on the clock on Wednesday as soon as that deal was agreed upon between the 49ers and Bosa. And that was always easy for them, 49ers to sign him because they had, again, like they didn't really have a choice. Best defensive player in football, arguably. You're going to pay him. Brian Burns is not that. And he, you may not believe he's someone who should be getting paid like a top five edge rusher. The hope is that he will be that. And I talked about earlier, somebody tweeted at me saying, oh, well, Burns, you don't pay a guy based on what they're going to do. You're paying them for what they've done in the past. It's like, oh, that's the case. And the Panthers be paying Justin Houston a big deal. Big money because of what he did in the past. Brian Burns is 25. You're going to pay him for what you think he can do the next five years and also reward him what he's done so far. And what he's done so far is have nine sacks, nine sacks, 12 and a half sacks the last three seasons. So he's entering into his prime, and he's a team leader, and he's the only edge rusher you have on this team. We hope Houston does well this year. He's 34. Can he repeat the nine and a half sacks he had last year in Baltimore? I doubt it. But can he have six or seven? That would be great. It would still... Maybe be unlikely, but it would be great if that can happen. Adding another edge rusher is something they had to do, especially now that Marquis Sainz is on IR with that back injury, and you can't rely on the other younger guys and Itor Grosmato. So they had to do something. They have to sign Brian Burns. I've already made my my feelings known about this, but I think we're closer to the finish line now that the Bosa deal is signed, and I would imagine that Brian Burns, I don't know whose representation is, they are pushing the Panthers and trying to find a framework deal to where they can get that thing agreed upon, have Burns out there on Sunday, and have this no longer be a topic of conversation. So hopefully that's the case. I fully expect them to play on Sunday. It should be easier for the Panthers to get done, considering the circumstances that they have no leverage, and they see what Bosa's gotten paid, the guys that are close to them gotten paid. Let's meet somewhere in the middle that's realistic. It's 23, I don't think that's realistic. 27? Twenty-eight. That makes more sense. Let's meet there. Let's meet there. Let's get this this deal done, and let's all move on and focus on Atlanta as the Carolina Panthers head down there on Sunday. So we still await a Brian Burns deal. Maybe we don't, depending on when you're watching, listening to this. But Nick Bosa got paid. That was one of the steps that need to be taken before Burns would agree to a deal, in my opinion. So hopefully that deal comes before Sunday at 1 p.m. against the Atlanta Falcons. What should we expect from the Panthers come Sunday? Because I'll be honest with you all. I have no clue, but I'll try to make some sense out of it here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have, winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Test your skills on prize Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy game, play, and an enormous selection, of players and stat types are what make PricePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PricePix.com slash LockedInNFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PricePix.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. What should we expect out of the Carolina Panthers on Sunday against the Falcons in week one? I have no idea. I truly have no clue what to expect. Like offensively, I feel like I know what to expect out of Bryce Young. Him to step back there, be calm, make all the right decisions. Did Bryce Young put the football in harm's way at one point in the preseason? No. Even when he was not protected. He was under duress. Constantly, it felt like. And he did not make a single bad decision. I remember watching that Giants game. He had two opportunities where he could have just forced something and thrown a pick. Didn't do it. Last year at Alabama, I talked to you all about this before. According to Pro Football Focus, he had nine, nine turnover-worthy plays in 13 games. Oh, sorry, 12 games because he missed that game against uh, whoever they played, A&M. 12 games, nine turnover-worthy plays. That's obscene. Bryce Young's going to come out, operate the offense in the manner that Frank Reich and Thomas Brown want him to. He is the least of my concerns come Sunday. But as I talked about earlier, the offensive line, Iki Iquanu, they got to be better. They have to be better, have to protect him. But offensive line-wise, I still feel like the Panthers will be fine. I'm not that concerned. I have a big enough sample size from a year ago that tells me that Iki Iquanu is a good football player. That Brady Christensen you can live with him. That Bradley Bozeman is a road grader, and that is a guy that you want in the center of your offensive line calling out protections and helping out a rookie quarterback. That Taylor Moten, well, the last five years, tells me that Taylor Moten's someone that you can rely on, and we'll see what we get out of Chandler Zavala. So four of the five, the Carolina Panthers absolutely know they can win with, and they're going to find out on Sunday and moving forward until Austin Corbett comes back where someone takes a spot, Whether they can win with Chandler Zavala. So, the offensive line, based off of the big sample size of last year and even the small sample size of this year, should be fine. I think Miles Sanders, who just went to the Super Bowl and rushed for 1,200 yards last year and has reunited with Frank Reich and Deuce Staley, the running back coach and assistant head coach here in Carolina. We haven't seen him in the preseason. Don't necessarily believe we need to see a running back ever in the preseason considering the amount of wear and tear they're going to have to go through during a season and the amount of wear and tear he went in, uh, had last year in Philadelphia having to go all the way to play in the Super Bowl in, in, um, in February. I feel like I know what we're going to get out of Miles Sanders. A physical fast back A tight end. We haven't seen a lot out of Hayden Hurst so far, but I do think, considering at wide receiver, what's dis- are the issues there, that he'll be more of a part of this offense. Still, don't expect much out of Ian, Tr- Ian Thomas or Tommy Trimble, but I feel like I kind of know what I'm going to get out of Hayden Hurst. But all this is really just guesswork when you're listening to me, because we have not seen this offense. We have not se- whole. We have not seen Austin Corbett. We have not seen Miles Sanders. We have not seen Hayden Hurst really be. A focal point in the offense in the passing game. We haven't even seen Lavishka Chenault line up with the ones. We haven't seen any of that. So it's really hard to predict what you're going to see from this team on Sunday without knowing who's going to be available. What does this offense look like without Adam Thielen? We saw it look like last year, but they had DJ Moore. We haven't seen what this offense looked like without Adam Thielen, at least with the ones, because he's played all those preseason snaps outside of maybe a couple when he came out of that game on that Friday against Detroit. We've seen it without DJ Shark. But we don't want to see without about DJ Chark out here on Sunday and however long he may be out with his hamstring if he is indeed out on Sunday afternoon. We haven't really seen it. We've seen it a little bit of Jonathan Mingo. Like, we don't know what this offense is. And Frank Wright came out and said that they will establish our identity once the preseason is over. But can you establish your identity when you have a receiver in concussion protocol? You have your top two receivers who are limited or either out of practice and another receiver who's limited. Can you establish an identity when you have Desmond Patton and you have Derek Wright probably having to step up and play with the ones. Can you establish an identity with that? No, probably not. So I have no idea what to expect from the offense come Sunday. Defensively. We haven't seen Burns with them. We haven't seen Justin Houston. So there is a level of intrigue there because overall they're, they're healthy. Deshaun Williams who's going to start in defensive line on Sunday. He was out of practice on Wednesday, but he had an illness. He was sick. He's back on Thursday. He's good to go. So defensively, we didn't get to see a lot of it. As I mentioned, they had that one drive against the Giants 1s who were a playoff team last year, and Daniel Jones ripped them apart. Didn't look great, especially for the starting secondary to be out there. Not a great look for J.C. Horn to get bodied um, by Darren Walter. Not a great look by really all of them as a collected unit. But I understand that Burns wasn't out there. Houston wasn't out there. Haynes wasn't out there. But Haynes is not going to be out there on Sunday. Burns might not be out there on Sunday. But I do think that Burns will be there. I think in Houston will be out there. So we'll finally get to see what this pass rush actually looks like come Sunday. We'll get to see what this scheme can look like with everyone in there, the holes, the sum of parts out there against Falcons. So I think it's really hard for anyone – Who's a Panthers fan to go in here with just absolute confidence in what they're going to see? Unless you're just, you know, blind homer who just thinks, oh, yeah, we're going to, the Panthers are going to blow out the Falcons because you hate them. I just don't, I'm not even telling you like to not even have confidence. I mean, not say, I'm not telling you not to think they can win the game, but I don't know how you can have confidence in really either result just considering, I guess, three results win, lose, or tie. I don't know how you can have confidence in any of the results not knowing who's going to play and what the defense looks like with all of its parts, and what the offense will look like even without all of its parts. Like, there's no way to know. And that's what makes on, makes Sunday interesting. It would be a buzzkill for Thielen and Shark to not be out there. Um, it would probably be enough to cast Carolina Panthers the game because that's back to them not having a passing game. And I just don't think with this rebuilt uh, Atlanta Falcons defensive line, you cannot have a passing game and go out there and win. You know, Jeff Okuda is going to be out for them, likely. Uh, they brought in Jesse Bates. A.J. Terrell's a good player. Wouldn't be the Panthers at a disadvantage if that is the case. So I, I would see it very hard for them to go out there and win without their top receivers. And having to trot out LaVishka Chennault and Jonathan Mingo and Amir Smith-Marset and Derek Wright. And you can have all the confidence in that Jonathan Mingo can be a good player. He's a rookie, man. Rookie first game, that's not what you're trying to put him out there in that situation, to be the focal point. Leviska Chenault, he's just another guy, in my opinion. Smith-Marset was brought in here to be a, a returner. So we'll see. But I, I really have no idea what to expect, considering how banged up this team is. I guess that might tell you to expect a loss, but I, I'm not ready to go that far right now until I get a little bit more clarity when Frank Reich speaks to the media uh, on Friday. So either, again, you know, I'm again recording this the day before. You'll have heard what he had to say. Uh, in a few hours or a few minutes, or you maybe already heard, but it's very hard to kind of uh, handicap what's going to happen on Sunday for the Carolina Panthers, who, by the way, are a three and a half point dog heading down to Atlanta. We'll see if that line changes depending on some of the uh, injuries and things that are in question heading into Sunday afternoon. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to. Watch the code, what, what do you say? Watch and subscribe or subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I have it written down, but I just didn't have it up in front of me. Um, and also follow me on Twitter, where on Wednesday, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mail by questions. Once again, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding. Then on Sunday, catch me here live. About an hour or so following the game as we'll be breaking down the Carolina Panthers-Atlanta Falcons week one matchup. So check it out here on Sunday.